0: Yeah, I know I know adulthood's all about the naps, like especially once you have yeah. kids.
1: Once you have kids, you you wouldn't believe how precious a nap is. <laughs> I mean, just, I I actually apologize to myself when I was a child for hating taking a nap.
0: I think everybody does.
1: Like I would pay money just to be able to take a nap every day. <laughs> like if <laughs> like, I could pay a monthly fee, I would do it. it I've seen it a cool. meme
0: before that's like that. That's like I apologize to naps for hating you when I was in kindergarten. It's
1: it makes the cold sweet it is embrace of death percent accurate. <laughs> it makes the
2: cold sweet embrace of death just seem all the more alluring.
0: That's way too dark.
1: Yeah, Brian, my god.
2: <laughs> it's a nap that you don't ever have to wake up from.
0: It's great. I don't I don't know about that.
2: Hello and welcome to. Oh Jesus!
0: Jesus. Sorry. Oh, I didn't know you were doing your silence. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, we haven't done that a while. Brian's drinking alcohol on the show, guys.
1: That's bad.
0: The bad influence on the listeners. I've
2: never done that before. Um, So, welcome to the Keep Sounding podcast. This is our Washington Redacteds preview against the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers will play them this week at Washington. I'm joined by Brad. Brad, how are you doing tonight? I'm great, Brian. How are you? Quite good. Quite good. Um, John, how are you doing tonight?
0: Also quite great, Brian. Thank you. Yeah. How are you doing?
2: I'm good. I'm good. I'm just waiting for the cold, sweet embrace of death, you know? So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> aren't we all? Aren't we all? <laughs> that is true in a way. Um, So, football time. Football time. The Carolina Panthers face off against the Washington Redacteds on Sunday. The Panthers go into the game 3-1, and one, coming off a, I guess, putting it mildly scary victory against the New York Giants, while the Washington Redacteds come into the game fresh off a beatdown by the Saints, and are 2-2, and but still in the race for the division, because the NFC East sucks for some reason. So... It's a Super
0: Bowl hangover for Philadelphia.
2: (laughs) Apparently it's a whole Super Bowl hangover for the entire division, because for God's sakes, none of them can seem to get over 500. Um, So... Just a couple things I want to point out before we get into the uh, offense and defense. So Washington's leading receiver is a running back, Chris Thompson, with 200 yards receiving on 26 receptions. And their second behind, leading receiver
0: is a tight end.
2: Yeah. Jordan Reed. I was just about to say that. Jordan Sorry. Reed is their next tight end. Or is the next leading receiver. And Paul Richardson, finally, their top leading receiver in re- in receiving yards. And I think he's hurt. So that's good. Yeah, it's a good start. Him that, uh,
0: Paul Richardson and uh, Jameson Crowder are both injured. Um, I <laughs> think the Jesus. last I, I think they're both supposed to play, but neither of them practiced on Wednesday. I haven't looked at today's practice reports, Thursday's practice reports yet, uh, to see if that changed. But yeah, they're the most injured. Ironically enough, Jordan Reed is the only skill position player for the for Washington that doesn't have an injury designation right now. That practice That's fully. incredible,
2: because that guy is made of, like... If we want to say, like, Alshon Jeffrey is made of glass, that dude's made of, like, styrofoam at this point. But we're not going to say that
1: Alshon's made of glass, because he's not.
2: kind eh. He, he kind of might be. I mean, like... He's pretty really you know, close. Like, plexiglass, like... <laughs>
0: I don't know. Like maybe maybe like stained glass, like a little bit stronger, but still glass.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm no I'm no expert on glass, but it seems like the Washington redacted's skill positions are made of some kind of glass. I don't know. So
0: Let's see. Uh that's last week's. It's not helping me. Uh, I <laughs> love that they have last week's injury report up and they don't have this week's up at all. On their they're website, trying to
2: deceive us, pulling a, pulling yeah. a, old, a Bill Belichick there, yeah. <laughs>
0: they are, but besides beside the point, like it's they're they're very injured in the receiving core, and also I don't know if you got that far. Their fourth leading wide receiver is Adrian Peterson, known receiving back Adrian Peterson.
2: Oh my god, really? Yeah, I was gonna say mm-hmm. I'm surprised he caught any passes this year.
0: He's Amazing. he's only got like he he doesn't have very many catches. Like he's not like checkdown option or anything, but he's um. He's gotten. He's averaging like 20 yards a catch. Like he's taken, he's picking up big chunks when he's caught it. So he only has like, he only has a handful of catches, but he does have catches. So it's it's running back, tight end, wide receiver, running back for their top four receivers. Uh, classic Alex Smith, I would say.
2: That's quite a switch for Adrian Peterson. Ha ha.
0: Get it? Ha. Get it? Ha. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So. To Brian's
2: look at the pushing overall... the limits
0: today. Yes, right. and not in the I'm way just we expected. A dark, you know? It's like we're I playing, a, said any, playing
2: a, team I haven't a team said any...
0: <laughs> playing a team with a controversial name and a problem. Is Brian talking about death and making a reference to uh, child abuse? Just I was going just going making a, a reference to
2: the we- to the weapon he uses for child abuse. I didn't. I wasn't that's, saying that. I wasn't condoning child, child, child abuse or anything. Not better. <laughs> Uh, so the offense doesn't seem that great though. Um, they got good old noodle arm, Alex Smith back there to, re- to replace, uh, oh, I said, didn't I? Shit. Um, oh, you said it The again. Washington, the Washington redacteds go ahead and make a time stamp of that 945, um, 13 minutes <laughs> into the broadcast. Uh, so the Washington redacteds have traded away Kirk cousins to sign Alex Smith. And uh, it doesn't seem to be going well for him. Don't know about you guys. So. Because
1: that totally was a smart football move that everybody saw coming. That was going to be a franchise-altering decision,
0: oh, and yeah, it's a complete and utter
1: trail. shock that it's not
2: working out. That's very Dan Snyder of them.
0: If I wonder if just if Kirk was just like if there was anything they could have done, or if Kirk was just like, "Nah, guys, I've, I've I'm done with this place." which I don't think anybody hey, I would blame believe
1: him. that's probably accurate. Yeah. Nobody blames him.
0: Well, cuz like, you know, he he signed the the franchise tags and he was like, "No, no, 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 no. Don't don't worry about a contract extension. I'm totally cool with the franchise tag," which no one's ever done before. So, I think he was just like, "I'm going to maximize my money and then when they're not when they're out of franchise tags to give me, I'll just go play somewhere I like better." So, good on Kirk.
1: Yeah. I think we have to pretty much agree that Dan Snyder is the worst owner in sports, right? Yes. Like at least in, in football, like there might be a basketball owner worse, like James Dolan might be worse, but Dan Snyder is absolutely the worst NFL owner. Like he has to be.
0: I, um, I, wouldn't disagree. I was listening to an interview with Kyle Shanahan and on another podcast and the hosts were, uh, started making fun of Dan Snyder and he was just like, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to stop you guys which is like the most, you know, about as far as anybody will go and outright just like criticizing a former coworker in like the sports world. Like no, no coach speak like, Oh no, we, you know, things didn't work out, but it was a good guy to work for there. He just like, "Mm, yep, yep. Go ahead. Whatever. I'm not going to guess. keep making fun of him. (laughs) So I think that said a lot about the state of their uh, ownership and front office.
2: Well, we're not here to discuss the Washington Redacted's front office. We're here to discuss their team. That's part of their team. Their team going against the Panthers. Well, not doesn't really have much of an impact on Sunday, minus the you know, the fact that Alex Smith is playing and not Kirk Cousins. But um So is there really anybody in this offense that we're worried about as far as the Panthers defense is concerned?
0: Probably just Chris Thompson.
1: I mean I mean, Adrian Peterson's probably good to have a a decent game.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, we had we just like we just for the most part kept Saquon Barkley under wraps, and Adrian Peterson at this point doesn't have nearly the uh, explosive potential he hit, he did back in the day. So he's I basically
2: just a glorified power back at this point. Yeah, like,
0: exactly. He's just kind of like a three yards and a cloud of dust kind of guy. Like he's averaging four yards a carry, but Outside of uh, the Packers, who he just for some reason always runs wild on. He's been really, really underwhelming.
2: I think he had four carries for six yards before he went out with an injury this past week, too.
0: Yeah, yeah, he, he's so been he's he's not like Adrian Peterson, Adrian Peterson. I'm more concerned that the that Alex Smith is the type of quarterback that we're just like incapable of, of defending because we don't interrupt. We don't disrupt passing games at all. So he's just going to oh, be totally. You know,
2: when, yeah. when we play eight yards off the line of scrimmage and let them hit slants all day.
0: Yeah. And that's saying, he's right? the type of quarterback that's like, yeah, I'm cool with this. Like, I'm not going to force the issue if you're going to give this to me. Um, This is bread and butter. Yeah. yeah. And to Brian's point, yes, Adrian Peterson had four carries for six yards before he got hurt. He had 19 for 120 against the Packers, so he had a real good game there. But the game before that against the Colts, he had 11 carries for 20 yards. So two of his last three games, obviously small sample because of the the injury, but less than two yards per carry.
1: So what you're saying is he's going to rush for 200 yards on Sunday? Some, he might Something set the like rushing that.
0: record. His own record, yeah, break yeah. his own record, but, but yeah, for because his own you know.
1: It seems like doesn't matter what it is. Anytime we think, oh, this person is past it, they're not going to do anything, the Panthers come along, and all of a sudden they're cured. Like We didn't think the Giants were going to be able to put up 30 points because they haven't done it in two years, <laughs> and what happened?
0: Yeah, Essentially,
1: we're, we seem to be the magic cure for for stuff like that.
2: My mindset on that is whenever it's a plus matchup for the Panthers, it's actually a minus matchup for the Panthers. It's like the whole Mike see it on paper, it's Yeah, go ahead.
0: It's like the whole Mike Shula thing we talked about. Like, whenever if a team is good at guarding something, we're we're definitely going to attack it as much as possible because they're not going to expect it.
1: Exactly. Oh, there's no way they're going to do this. We defend it well. They'll (laughs) they'll respect it. Six guys in the box
2: all Sunday. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So I don't know, but Chris Thompson because they like to throw it short, and we've been having trouble with the stuff short. Is my big, is my, really my only concern offensively. Obviously, there's a good chance so I'll, I'll be wrong and our defense will struggle again, but that's the, on paper, the one threat I see.
1: Well, I think that's, it's one of two things because Thomas Davis is coming back mm-hmm. for his first game since being suspended. He's either going to, and I saw this somewhere, and if you're listening to this and you said it, and I'm not giving you credit, it's because I don't remember who you are. Um, but he's either going to overpursue everything. And look really bad, or he's gonna get like 800 tackles, um, and easily like dominate the, the whole game. He's like, it's gonna be one or the other
2: record, by the way. 800 tackles would be a
0: huge,
1: huge. <laughs> I think milestone. it would. Yeah. Walker is yeah. the one
0: that said that, yeah. by the way, in but, our Slack chat.
1: Walker is the one that said, okay. C- yeah. Credit to Walker for saying that. But yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I think we're gonna see an extreme from Thomas Davis. Mm-hmm. He's either going to look like he doesn't belong on the field, or he's going to look like, you know, prime Brian Urlacher.
0: Yeah.
2: Another thing to consider here is Eric Reed will have another full week under the Panthers defense under his uh, belt. That could be big as well. Hopefully, especially in the rushing game. Cause he's more of a, he's more of a guy who can help out in the running game more so than the passing game, at least in this, at this juncture. So that could be big as well. Also no Jared or no David Mayo. That that helps too, you know.
0: <laughs> that definitely helps with the athleticism in the middle of the field.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um the one guy that I'm kind of curious to watch is uh Josh Doxson, only cuz he's one of those receivers where he just like every now and again he throws out the the play where it's like that guy was a first round pick and I can see why and then there's like four other plays where he's, you know, not that. So that could be a problem if he's up on, say, Captain Munderland this weekend.
0: Yeah, I've seen that he's, like, really good at contested catches. But, um, but then, like, obviously he's extremely inconsistent. Or else, you know, he'd be doing better. Sounds a lot like the Panthers receivers, <laughs> am I right? <laughs> no, because the Panthers, there's nobody that at any point wins contested catches. That's not true.
2: Christian McCaffrey's on a couple of those.
0: <laughs> the running back, yes.
1: Christian McCaffrey's not a wide receiver. <laughs> <I know. laughs> <laughs> you yeah. didn't say only I mean,
0: receivers, I, but yeah. you could
1: say Greg Olson too, but he's not a receiver either.
0: But Josh Johnson, like to your point though, is definitely a threat to just like catch one of the Alex Smith Chuck it plays, where we'll have two people back there, like somehow for some reason frantically trying to catch up to him, even though he runs like a four or five. And then uh he'll just like moss everybody and come down with like a forty yard catch. Like I could definitely see that happening once or twice.
1: <laughs> well, and I'm I'm putting money on it that it's gonna be Colin Jones and Captain Munerlin.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: What'll happen is uh they'll play a cover three shell, but it'll be cover two, and they'll have Michael Adams trying to chase his ass down the field. That's that's what almost always happens at least once a game, is seventy eight year old Michael Adams is chasing after a a receiver down the field and you're sitting there like why (laughs) they have all these corners who are younger up front who could totally be up against this guy. Nope. Mike Adams one-on-one with this dude. Yep. Makes total sense. Okay.
1: I don't know though, to be 73 years old, he's actually pretty good. So I
2: mean, yeah, definitely at 67, like he's a, he's a great safety for, for that age
1: for sure. (laughs) Um, you know it's funny we talk so much shit about him being old. He's my age. <laughs> and it just makes me feel even worse about how old I am when we when we talk about Mike Adams being 70 years old well, when sad. he's only 37, I think. Sa- he's actually younger than me. The
2: sad part is he's actually like a pretty good safety too. Like I put him in the top top half of the league as far as safeties go as far as starting safeties go. Like he's actually not bad. We just like to rag on his age. <laughs>
0: no, but it's just yeah. such an easy, an easy thing to poke fun at. I'm sure he gets it all the time, yeah. like in the locker room, and everything too. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think they call him Pops or some <laughs> shit like that in the locker room. I mean,
2: being 74 years old, you know, you just you got to take your lumps at that point.
0: Let exactly. The younger
2: generation get their quips in. Um. So before we get into the offense, special teams though, they played really well on Sunday. Um, four field goals from Graham Guineau, Michael Polarty had several great punts. Obviously, the special teams came up with the touchdown. Um, both Graham Guineau and Michael Polardi are the top rated players at their position for PFF, which I thought was not surprising, but certainly interesting. Um, if you had to pick one of those guys to be the impact player in this game, who do you think it'll be? I'll start with you, John.
0: Uh, probably Graham Gano, just because I've more field goal attempts than punts, or at least more impact field goal attempts than punts, if there's such a thing as an impact punt. Um, especially because, you know, this is a revenge game for him, back at his old stomping grounds where he came into the league and was really bad. It's so, uh, <laughs> a Graham
2: Gano revenge game.
0: <laughs> so, like, hopefully he doesn't get, you know, cursed by the, the Washington field like he did when he was there as a young kicker.
2: Don't you ever plus, say that the punt's not an impact play, by the way. So plus, you know.
0: you know. A punt is a good play. <laughs> plus, after Graham's game uh, last on Sunday, it, it, there's going to be some regression at some point. You know, maybe he comes out and goes like one for three on extra points uh, on Sunday. Don't say that. <laughs> and like takes out a divot of the FedEx field when he goes to plant his foot and all that fun stuff.
2: Brad, what are your thoughts?
1: I pretty much agree with what John just said. You're not
0: going to take the punter off going off brand.
1: Yeah, I'm going off brand on this one.
2: I do think the punter will be a little more of a factor just because I think the, uh, I think the Panthers offense will probably continue to struggle scoring. And I have this sinking feeling that uh, Paul care or Brian Kerrigan is going to have, you know, quite the game. And, that scares me a little bit so but polarity hasn't shown oh since he started being the starting punter for the panthers that he's you know bad at all he's he's done very well for them so Let's get into the Panthers' offense versus that <laughs> defense. Um, so obviously, Josh Norman, Josh Norman revenge game.
0: The um, feared, feared I, Josh Norman revenge the game. Feared
2: Josh Norman after uh, Michael Thomas ripped him apart on Sunday. <laughs> um, so here's here's one thing I wanted to bring up. Um, I was asked this question while I was doing Ask CSR on Twitter. And somebody mentioned they were like, "Well, what? So, what would be the matchup that you'd like to see with Josh Norman? Uh, is Devin Funches going to be overall like? Do you think he'll do well against him? Do you think he'll do bad against him?" And my my response was, "I really don't want to see Devin Funches on Josh Norman only because all the things that Josh Norman's not good at are things that aren't going to be a problem against Devin Funches because Funches is not fast or not overly fast." He's bigger, but Josh Norman has length. So I'd rather see somebody like Curtis Samuel or DJ Moore or even Tory Smith on him just because they have the legs under him that he doesn't. Um, mainly because, you know, Curtis Samuel or DJ Moore on a slant could be a big play where Devin Funches might get the ball knocked out of his hand and, you know, cramp up for a few plays. So I don't know what you guys have to hey, feel. Yeah, he how you cramps so more I'll than the average job. athlete. Leave him alone. I know, I know. I had to take that <laughs> shot, but what? What are realistically though? What are your thoughts there, John?
0: Yeah, Devin Funches is exactly the type of receiver that Josh Norman is really good at covering. Um, because he doesn't have—I mean, not that Funchess is slow, but he his speed's not like a plus attribute for him. So he's fast that kind for of,
2: a big guy. But yeah, yeah,
0: but but yeah, for his size, he's fast. But like in terms of you know, like general speed he's not like gonna blow he's not gonna break away from anybody so he's exactly who josh norman's good at covering he's got the like you say he's got the length and the physicality to match up with devin especially because devin isn't always super physical at the top of his routes and at contesting like going for contested catches so yeah i agree that um putting curtis samuel or someone fast out wide on josh norman i mean not that we can dictate who josh norman covers but uh I think this is definitely a, a game where Funches could struggle cuz I think the Washington will if they're smart Funches is the guy they'll try to mirror with uh, with Norman. I agree.
2: Brad, do you think that they'd actually shadow Devin Funches with Josh Norman?
1: Do I think they will? Yes. Really? Okay.
0: I thought I remember seeing that they didn't do that with with Norman after they signed him and that was one of their like the many things they did wrong with him after he left was that he just no, became like really a left didn't. corner. Yeah.
2: They, uh, Antonio Brown destroyed Brashot Breland.
1: Um, mm.
2: that first week of, uh, what was it? The first season Josh Norman went to Washington. Yeah. And uh, that was because they just lined Antonio Brown over the left side and the rest were just God damn it. 28 minute Mark. <laughs> um, the redacteds were, Stubborn about keeping Josh Norman over on the left side, which I really didn't understand. I'm not sure if they're going to do that, just because I, I don't know if Devin Punches is the kind of receiver that warrants that kind of play, like to be shadowed by a receiver by a defensive back. But
1: he's not, which is why they'll do it.
2: <laughs> fair, true. This is the Washington Redactors we're talking about. So,
0: yeah, like uh, I mean, and he does Funchess isn't exactly like your traditional like. Head and shoulders number one receiver, but he is our best receiver and Cam's, more importantly, Cam's preferred receiver. So the logical thing to do would be to take that weapon away by putting Josh Norman on it. Even though That's Josh true. Norman's, but Josh Norman's coverage rating this year was like the worst, like the, as bad as it could possibly be. Like literally. Yeah. Like you guys saw that, that stat, right?
2: Uh, I think that. They had, like, a perfect passer rating throwing at him.
0: It's like 156. Like, it's almost perfect, yeah, when yeah. he's been targeted and covered this year. It's not great. Some would argue <laughs> it's bad. Not very good.
2: No. Some would argue it's not great, yeah. Um. So do we think that Greg Olson's actually going to play this Sunday? I'll start with you there, Brad.
1: <clears throat> yes, I do. I, I absolutely do. I think he's going to play. Uh, they might hold him back a little bit. Like, he's not going to go out there and play every snap, but I, I do think he'll be on the field. Pitch count. Do you think it's too early? I think so, but I'm not a doctor, and I'm also not Greg. So, you know, my opinion doesn't really matter. But, yeah, I, I kind of do. I, I think they should hold him out at least one more week. Uh, the field at, at FedEx Field is notoriously bad. So, if for no other reason, I think they should hold him hold him back for that.
2: I'd agree. John, what are your thoughts?
0: Um I think I mean I'm pretty sure he'll play. Like they've everything they've indicated says that he'll play. Um I'm not I'm not gonna speak on if he's like if it's too soon. I'm gonna take the doctors and Greg at their word and say if it was too soon he wouldn't be playing. But I do have some concerns, like Brad said that field being so bad. That he could step wrong or slip or whatever and aggravate his injury. Yeah, and
2: based on, obviously, he came back last year after a full surgery and everything, and he still was dealing with a hurt foot, like, at least the pain of it, so that that does concern me, but as you guys said, we're not doctors here, we don't claim to be, so. Maybe he'll just be used as a decoy, who knows. Um, as far as the rushing attack goes, um... Do we think the Panthers are gonna to continue to rush Christian McCaffrey up the middle stubbornly, even though they proved already that he can run up the ta- he can run between the tackles, but he's, you know, better at other things.
1: Yeah, I think so. If 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 Ron Rivera is one thing, and you can only use one word to describe him, it would be stubborn.
2: <laughs> Not consistent, stubborn.
0: Definitely stubborn. True. You know, um, yeah, it... I was oh going to say, uh, I I don't think the running Christian McCaffrey, and I don't think it's a problem that we're running Christian McCaffrey in the middle, aside from, you know, my take on frequently running the ball. Um, it's the way we go about it, where we're just as predictable as can be, and we don't do anything to, like, put him or the offense in an advantageous situation. So that's mm-hmm. that's more my problem with it, not... Not that we're using Christian McCaffrey, that we're not using T.J. Anderson. Like I have no problems with that. It's just the fact that we're just setting up the defense to get in a loaded box and then running straight into their loaded box.
2: Especially with the guy who's least likely to pick up though the yard or two you need on third and two or third and one.
0: I don't so. know. McCaffrey has what uh, has been one of the more elusive running backs in the NFL this year. Now I know that's more like an open space type of thing, but like, he can make he can yeah. make it happen.
2: My issue, and I brought this up in the Slack chat when we were discussing it earlier this week, is the Panthers have literally three other guys that they can run when they really need two yards on third and one or third and two, and they just don't for some reason, at least not as often as I feel they should. Like, CJ Anderson's obviously a power back, Cam Newton's probably the best third down weapon in the league, even <clears throat> even Alex Arma, heck, even Ka- uh, Cameron artis pain are just better in that situation. So I don't understand why they just throw in like an extra lineman and it <laughs> up the middle all the time. And I get it. I get doing it like a couple times game, but like last game, they did it way too much.
0: I never, there is never a situation where bringing an extra offensive lineman gives you, it does anything, but give you a disadvantage.
2: That's not true. The vik the against the Vikings last year, the Panthers uh, got Jonathan Stewart's longest touchdown of, I think his career.
0: Yeah. But like 80 uh, yards rushing with an extra,
2: extra two linemen.
0: Yeah, but the presence of the extra defense or offensive lineman isn't necessarily why that play worked. It just happened to be, you know, correlation causation thing. Just a little fun fact before we get, I know we're kind of getting away from this, the upcoming game, but, um, do you know what running back has the fewest, um, carries with a loaded box on the other side? I do. You saw the same stat I did, I guess. I think we, oh, at least I think I
1: do. Let me, I can guess. Yeah. Is it Todd Gurley?
0: Yeah. Brian, did you see that? I didn't. That's very yeah. interesting. Todd Gurley, you know, arguably the best running back in the NFL, faces the fewest number of loaded boxes on run plays because of the way the Rams run their offense, where they always have three wide receivers and they do all that motion and stuff.
1: It, it's almost like if you have a good running back, you can run it out <laughs> of shotgun. You can run it out of uh, out of a spread formation. You can run it out of three receiver sets. You don't have to put Amini Silatolu in as the extra jumbo lineman that is basically a wasted spot because he can't block anything. You know, Ron, if you're listening, look at what Sean McVay does and do that. (laughs) It's
0: like we talked about last episode. It's like we talked about last episode where if the Patriots are trying to do something, you should also do that thing. And uh, Sean McVay is also. Especially offensively. Exactly. If Sean McVay is doing a thing, you should also do that thing.
2: It seemed like uh, they they may have gotten that, or at least gotten the idea of like using your other receivers' weapons to alleviate that problem with that really nice reverse to DJ Moore on Sunday, but then they just went right back to it. It's like, you have Curtis Samuel, you have DJ Moore, you have Christian McCaffrey. Why aren't the three of them on the field at the same time when you need to run the ball? Because Size. then you have four guys who could run. Oh yeah, I forgot. My bad.
0: Size and experience, Brian. The two most important things <laughs> yep. an offensive player can have.
2: Yep, true. I forgot about that. Curtis Samuel, grow a few inches, put on twenty more pounds, and you'll be fine. <laughs> just
0: just start just hit the buffet a little harder and you'll be you'll be out there. Even if you lose all of your best attributes, <laughs> that's how you get on the field.
2: The only way you can be on the field as a as a short yardage back for camp for this uh, Ron Rivera offense is if you're Mike Tolbert. You got to be Mike Tolbert, or you got to be Christian McCaffrey, because you told the media all season that you're going to run him. That's that's the
0: only way. Ridiculous. So I'm looking at Washington's defense, and there is like no, and I'm looking at Football Outsiders because I, I feel like it's it's probably they're like the best you know like stats at a glance. Um, their pass defense is good. They're they're thirtieth and run defense in their DVOA. So pass defense is is fine, pretty good. Um, but this is a good chance for Christian McCaffrey to have a really big day, both running and receiving, because they're not super adept at covering running backs out of the backfield either.
1: Now, is their pass defense so much better because everybody just runs it down their throat? Um, or... Is there a, a balance of run plays versus pass plays against them?
0: Uh, I mean, like like this thing says there. I mean, I remember going into this past week against the Saints, they were first in, like, pass yardage allowed, which is crazy because, like, we just talked about Josh Norman's rating and coverage is horrendous, so I don't know if he's just, like, the worst player on that team now.
2: All I but, know is I watched I watched a lot of the Saints game. Mm-hmm. And they did a lot of mixing the ball up between Alvin Ka- Kamara and uh, Mark Ingram. So, theoretically, you'd want to go in with a similar game plan as if you're Carolina. Mixing a lot of Cameron artists, or not Cameron I mean, C-J-, <laughs> CJ Anderson along with Christian McCaffrey and Cam Newton. Like, that just seems like a good idea. Obviously, they're not going to do that because, you know, it's the Panthers.
0: But, so on Washington- paper, that's what you'd want to do. Washington, Brad, to answer your question about if it's like a volume thing, they're... uh. They're seventh best in yards per attempt, defensively, so they are doing relatively well. Like on a per pass basis, I mean, they're touchdown. They're not getting very many sacks, and they're not getting a lot of turnovers or incompletions. But they are limiting yardage.
1: So, oh, okay.
0: The the pass defense is good. Like I said, run defense very much not. Um, it'd be nice. It'd be cool to see McCaffrey have another game. Uh, like he did against the Bengals.
2: Yeah, I would I would agree. Obviously, one hundred and eighty <laughs> yards rushing is the it's a good yeah. thing
0: for sure. <laughs> it is a it does benefit when when you gain one hundred and eighty yards.
2: Yeah, it's one hundred and eighty yards. You don't have to throw the ball with so.
0: <laughs> and as we oh, know, that loves those kind of games. Yeah, that's the last thing we want to do. Yep. So So, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I was gonna ask how you guys feel in general about the game, but you can take us to the score predictions.
2: Uh, I mean, I can tell you how I feel about the game. I'm a bit worried. Not gonna lie. Shocking. Uh, It's what worries me is just the fact that they are so stubborn on defense against this these like short passing offenses, and that they expect Jonte Jackson and. James Bradbury to crash down on the slant routes, which they can do, but they're susceptible to the double move. So I understand the conservatism, a conservative way they go about it, but it's just it's just been happening all season. Like, those easy underneath routes, and that's just something that Alex Smith is going to eat. He's going to love those. Like, so I, I, I think the Panthers will win, but I think it'll be another one of those where it's like, why the heck was it so close, is my opinion.
1: Yeah, I actually agree with Brian. We might want to write this down. Uh But, you know, last week against the Giants, we thought that, that the Panthers should just bludgeon the shit out of them. And that didn't happen. And it, it's for the reasons that Brian listed. You know, we, we do things that just don't make any good logical sense sometimes. And I'm scared that. That this week against Washington, we, we should, we should win this game very easily. Like this is a, if we lose or or if we lose, it's a, an atrocious, terrible atrocity. Uh, but if we win by fewer than 10 points, we should be questioning our coaching staff and our players. Um, so I fully expect that to happen. Um, but you know, like Brian said, Alex Smith is going to probably Dink and dunk and death by a thousand paper cuts us to death. So I'm I'm not really looking forward to this. And game. one
2: thing I do want to bring up too, speaking of the dinking and dunking thing, there was um a little bit of a little bit of a film review on the Giants game, and one of the reasons that they brought up for why the Panthers defense struggled so hard against the pass, especially against the Odell, was Oh, well, the Giants max protected. So it was like seven protectors against four pass rushers. And my, I'm sitting there reading that. I'm like, okay, so why weren't you playing press coverage then? Like, yeah. Or why weren't you blitzing? Like, because all you're doing is let like, the, the whole point of the max protect scheme is, okay, I'm going to let one of these two or three people get open and throw the ball to him. So why are you making it easier for them to do that? Just infuriating, just. We, <laughs> just infuriating.
0: And I know, I know, this is probably real nice to hear, like back-to-back episodes where we spend a lot of time talking about the coaching staff. But um, it, the defensive approach is a lot like the offense in that it's it seems like we're playing defense against like 2003 offenses. Like we're like we're gonna take away the run game and take away the deep pass, as because like that's all offense used to be was run the ball and just run a gun, you know. You run, 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 and then throw the ball 15 yards down the field. And that seems to be what we cover against, even though the NFL is trending more and more towards getting the ball out to playmakers in space. And we're like. Completely lost on how to defend that.
2: Yeah, it's uh, mm-hmm. quite yeah. tragic. <laughs> it's very depressing. <laughs>
0: So
1: 2 and 2. We are 3 and 1. That is positive, you know. We There there's some work that needs to be done, <laughs> but hey, we won. And hopefully and we'll
0: win again this weekend because it's the schedule eight. is going to get much more difficult because we have a stretch coming up. Um we have what? This game and then we come back home, right? Yeah. I think it's um, here and then we
1: I think so. Let, I think let me we go to Washington check, but and but then we yeah. have back
0: to back home games against the Ravens and Eagles. Or Eagles and Ravens? I can't remember the order.
1: Yeah. But I do know I that so. after
0: that, we have like four, four out of five games are on the road. So we definitely, and they're not all, it's, they're against some tough teams. So we definitely need to be padding the record now while we have the <laughs> chance.
2: The good news is that Ron Rivera usually figures out his team in December. So. Panthers can get to December with a winning record, will be in good position.
0: Yeah, that's always the weirdest thing to me. I don't know. How that is works. true.
2: Yeah, it's it's crazy how that works. Go out there and beat the. They beat the Packers and they beat the Vikings back to back last year.
0: Yeah, well, ended Aaron Rodgers' season because just takes. Just takes... The Packers gave up on. <laughs> not like you know, not like because we didn't hurt him or anything, but the Packers we just we we ended their hopes and dreams, and they're just like, all right, go back on injured reserve, Aaron. We don't need you anymore.
2: Yeah, the, the Panthers just take several weeks, apparently, to figure out what their identity <laughs> is every year. So, <laughs> and then come back They can, the year they after, can squeeze uh, out you know. those, yeah, and then do the same damn thing the next year. <laughs> um, but if they can squeeze out, you know, like a 7-2 okay. and two record, you know, it's not bad.
1: Yeah, our, our next four games after this Sunday at, at Washington, we go okay. to Philadelphia oh, next ugly. Sunday. Uh, then we then we come back home and play Baltimore bad. and then we go or we stay home and play Tampa Bay. And then we have a quick turnaround on Thursday night and we play in Pittsburgh. Yeah, and that's the
0: first out of like four out of five games are on the road.
1: Yeah, that that's a pretty tough stretch coming up. So yeah,
0: let's win the game that's winnable.
2: So what do we think the score is going to be for this winnable game, guys? Brad, I'll start with you.
1: You know, b- before we started recording this, I had it in my mind that I was going to say the score was going to be something like Panthers 31, Washington 10, but thinking about it more and being depressed after talking about it more, <laughs> uh, I am i honestly think it's going to be something crazy, uh, like Panthers 22, Washington 19. Like, I, I don't. I'm not confident that we will win this game in a manner in which we should win it. I think we will win it, but I think that we're going to see Graham Gano a lot more than we will want to.
0: (laughs) It's fair. John? Uh, I'm going to have a little more confidence in our offense and a little less confidence in our defense. Um, And I think it'll be a lot like what we saw this past Sunday. And we scored scored 30 in back-to-back games, so. I will say Panthers will go thirty one no thirty four Washington twenty eight.
2: So since the Panthers are playing the Washington redacteds and they tend to do well against them, I'm gonna go with a thirty five to eighteen win by the Panthers. Oh, look at you. I think this is their coming out game. <laughs> We're toast. You picked yep, I mean you picked the Panthers totally to win last toast.
0: week, right? We should really like Agreed. keep running like a log of these picks.
2: I mean, it's not that hard <laughs> to do. I can totally just go back and tomorrow and just find out what our picks were and give yeah, you see,
0: see who's actually yeah. getting the closest.
2: Yeah, but yeah, I actually think this might be their coming out game, and uh, they'll put it all together because strikingly similar to 2015 in some ways. Very strikingly similar. It is. Um, it
0: is a little bit other than the. The fact that we lost the game already, but the the whole like play not don't play very well at the beginning of the year and still win somehow. We do have that going for us. Well, there's
2: always there's flashes of like very dominant performances too. Mm -hmm. Like they went up seventeen to
1: three on the Giants and it looked like it was no sweat. So yeah. Well, see that's the thing. That's the problem. We we look dominant and. We go up 17-3 to on the Giants, and of course, to be fair, seven of those were from the absolute craziest touchdown of the week. But then, Ron, it's like, okay, we've scored enough points. Let's pack it up, boys. Let's ground it out. And we let teams come back, and it happens every single time. And it's like, you know... It's like a kid. Like, if you have a kid and they keep sticking their finger in the light socket and it hurts, it only takes so many times before they say, Hey, I'm not going to do that anymore because I don't like what happens when I do. And you would think that Ron Rivera, you know, noted <laughs> head coach, would stop doing these things that he knows. Like, I get it, you know, you're a defensive guy, you're going to trust your defense, you're going to, okay, I'm calling the defensive plays, I'm better than Pat Shermer, and, you know, all this other, you know, bullshit. But it seems like you would figure out, hey, every time we take the foot off the gas, we let the team come back. And we have to rely on our kicker doing something that only seven other kickers in the hundred-year history of organized football have ever done. You know that's That's not a good strategy, right there. (laughs) By the way, that's one way to spin it.
0: uh, Before we wrap up, you guys see the uh, like the uh, NFL films. You know, had uh, Rivera mic'd up on that last drive.
1: And he's like, made me so irrational. He was
0: like, make sure we got it, make sure we got it before we spike it. And he was like, sneak, like, saying to sneak it if we didn't get it. And it's like, Ron, if we snuck it on (laughs) fourth.
1: Yeah, he thought it was fourth. Yeah, he thought it was fourth down, and he's screaming, sneak it, like, you dummy. There's (laughs) There's like 20 seconds left. If we sneak it, the game's over.
0: Like, we only had six seconds left.
1: There's no way you can run a sneak play. Get back to the line, kill the clock, yeah, and kick a field they're goal in 20 seconds. There are only six seconds 20 left seconds.
0: after just McCaffrey's run. If we got up and tried to run another play and then spike it, there's absolutely no way we would have had time. Especially,
1: yeah, you better especially hope on the game, state, also because Like,
0: because like even like with McCaffrey's run, there are so many bodies there. Like If Cam, even if he picks up two yards, it's going to take 10 seconds before he even able to get up and start getting lined up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The only hope they had... It, if McCaffrey didn't get it, you know, the officials would have measured and Ron could have had the field goal unit already yeah. out there and ready to go. And they could have put it, you know, when they put it down, the the referee's going to blow the whistle for the clock to start. And I'm pretty sure that they could get the playoff yeah. in six seconds. That was the only, but I don't know if Ron <laughs> would have been that alert, like, cause he's sitting over there. Sneak it, sneak it screaming sneak it sneak it sneak it and then when he's like oh wait a minute he picked it up (laughs) clock it clock it like no ron Uh, just 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 no
0: just a horrible horribly mismanaged sequence of events there
1: yeah yeah and okay i'm gonna say this and i'm not calling out anyone in particular but for people who say we won the game yes we did okay nobody's denying that you can see it in the score. We won the game. That's great. I, it took me almost an hour (laughs) to calm down after Gano made that field goal. Okay. I'm not, I'm not denying the excitement and I'm not denying that we won and it was great. But the process that led up to that win was dumb. You cannot defend Handing the ball off to Christian McCaffrey on third and short with a running clock and no timeouts in the fourth quarter at midfield when you're losing by one point. You just can't do that. Okay, first of all, why wasn't C.J. Anderson in the game? And second of all, why are you running that particular play? If, if Chase Blackburn has already told Rivera, Hey, Graham's good from 65. Why are you not taking a shot downfield and trying to get, make, trying to turn a 63 yard field goal into a 47 yard field goal? Because the worst thing, we talked about this last week, but the worst thing that happens is that it's an incomplete pass and the clock stops. You know, I just – I don't understand the thought process there. No, it's not great. Neither do we. Oh. Neither do we. And and you can't shield that <laughs> under, well, we won, because Gano made a 63-yard field goal, and if your game plan is to bank on that happening, then you've already lost because – only, I think it's eight or nine kickers in the entire history of the league have made a kick 63 yards or longer. Like the, the NFL has been around since 1927, if I, my memory serves me correctly. There, and only nine <laughs> guys have ever done that. So that's not a smart game plan. It's just not. Results be damned. It does, it's not a smart yeah, move. And, and then
0: we're going to head into Heather this week. Away to win. We're heading into this week and just like hope. I don't know. Every week, like after the fact, I just kind of go in hoping, like, man, one day, one week, they're just going to get it. Like, somebody is going to come into Ron's office and be like, look, look at these tweets that people are saying about, and like, look at this information about what the good offenses are doing, what the good teams are doing. And he's one day he's just gonna be like, you know what? Let's give it a shot.
1: Day, you know what, John? Yeah, let's try it out. See how <laughs> it works. Look at look at what Sean McVay is doing, and look at what Doug Peterson is doing, and look at yeah, what is the Eagles Bill are doing much better doing. against
0: the Giants uh, at home than we did. Yeah, they're now, at
2: twenty-four yeah. To seven right now. As he I mean, has
1: just been. just look at. Look at those three coaches, see what they do, and copy it. It's a tall order, Brad. <laughs> it's a very tall order.
2: So do we have anything else we want to go over before we uh, wrap this up?
0: Uh, I'm good.
2: <clears throat> Brad, are you good? Got that off your chest? <laughs> yes. Yeah.
0: Oh, there will be more of those yes. of... of uh... Of those later, later this year, we don't need to.
2: Oh yeah, you'll get, you'll get plenty of rants. Trust me.
0: <laughs> not yeah, all of us about coaching.
2: Well, before I get into our little wrap up, I'm just going to give my words of wisdom because I know I've messed up and not had those for a little bit here. Um, So words of wisdom from Brian Beversleuth. So when you feel you need to name something and it becomes a problem, maybe just not name it that. Like if you're making potato salad for a party, maybe just call it potato salad. Maybe you don't need to call it red skin potato salad, because nobody really cares that it's called redskin potato salad. It's still potato salad. So just Just learn to learn to back up a little bit with that with those names out there. You don't even have to trademark everything. You can change what you name something. So words of wisdom from Brian Beverslea's just back down sometimes. Just you don't need your red skin potato salad. Just make your regular potato salad. Um,
1: But anyway. But it's a proven fact that red skin potatoes taste better than regular potatoes. <laughs> so if you're going to make red skin potato salad, or you should make it that way because salad. it tastes
2: better. That's also fine, too.
1: There is no such thing yes, as good a potato lie. salad. You're wrong
2: about that, actually. I have it on many. I have it on good authority. No. You're wrong. But anyway, so from all of us here, John, sounds like
0: we need uh, you to break the tie I have here. An opinion on potato salad.
1: Good. I'm glad we. <laughs> I think that might be worse than Brian's opinion of. of I mean, I, I don't.
0: I've never. I don't. Haven't had it a lot. I've had it a couple times. Like I've tried it, and I've never liked it. But I'm not. I haven't given it enough of a, a chance to definitively say it's it's bad or good. Well, I definitely wouldn't say it's good, but...
2: Well, if you if you encounter someone who calls it a Redskin Potato Salad, you say, No, sir, it is Potato Salad. <laughs> because Redskin is offensive. So... <laughs> anyway, from all of us here at Keep Sounding Podcast, follow us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. We will be breaking down this game against the Washington Redacteds on Tuesday, and we have a special guest lined up. So uh, make sure to stay tuned for that. This one should be a very exciting show. Probably a little more exciting than this one, but who knows. But anyway, from all of us here at Keep Sounding, I am joined by Brad and John. You guys have a good weekend and enjoy the Panthers' redacted game.
1: See you. the football. Takes off to the end zone for the touchdown. He takes the handoff. And he scores. Avoided the Dolphins, behind the line of scrimmage and took it in for the first touchdown of well, the night. Newton keeps, lowers his shoulder, and takes it in for the touchdown. On second and goal, and shovel pass for Caffrey,
0: touchdown! And off-dive for Jonathan Stewart, and he's in for a touchdown. That's intercepted by Keating. He has more of those than any linebacker in the league over the last five years. You know...
1: gets a road win in New England.